I am a big believer in the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I also believe there are times you need to throw a curveball into the equation to spice things up. John Garcia Jr. is back with us today. And instead of highlighting three recruits like normal, today we spend a lot of time discussing a major topic in collegiate athletics because it's not going away anytime soon. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Wednesday, June 8th in the year 2022, and I want to thank you. For making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. On today's episode, John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated is back with us for our weekly recruiting update. Normally when John is here, it's three recruits, one per segment of the show, and we discuss different things that make them a player that Ohio State is going after. But NIL is a hot topic, and it's not going away anytime soon. And John and I spent an extensive time discussing this topic and how it's affecting recruits during the month of June as they're going on their official visits. But don't worry, we still discuss one recruit, Mr. Austin Novosad, who just got an offer from Ohio State during Ohio State's first day of football camp in the month of June. And John tells us what this offer confirms about Ohio State and their plan for Ohio State's 2023 recruiting class. Many of you realize there was no show yesterday due to things outside of my control. There was no show on Tuesday. However, that does not mean we're not going to start our Ohio State football position breakdown this week. That will be tomorrow with the quarterbacks. We will go to the running backs starting on Tuesday and then every Tuesday following after that until we run out of positions. I'm going to back away, bring in Mr. John Garcia Jr. as him and I have a fun conversation about NIL and Mr. Austin Novasad. And joining us now here on Locked On Buckeyes, it's John Garcia Jr. He is the Director of Football, football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. John, welcome back. Always good to be on with you, Jay. Let, let's talk some Buckeyes. Before we get to the Buckeyes specifically, as far as future players, this is a Buckeye-centered conversation based off what Ryan Day stated last week, saying the cost to or the price tag to keep the roster together is $13 million in, I'm assuming, NIL money, but we all know that there may be, I, I'm not going to say Ohio State's exempt from pulling cash to get players to come to school, but $13 million is a lot, is a lot of money. Um, I don't know what you hear on the recruiting trail about players and recruits, but I hear a lot about players saying that the first, they always ask about money. That's one thing that they all automatically ask about. What are the things you hear about from players you talk to about their demands or if they do demand anything via NIL when they're taking these official visits to schools? Yeah, it's it's a real tricky situation there, Jay, as you would imagine. I mean, this is, look, this is something that's always been a part of college football, but now there is a legal element to it. So, yeah, there's, there's certainly more public conversations around NIL from both sides, but it's still a little taboo when it comes to talking to us about it. There's still like a barrier there for most recruits. Now, when it's a school that is pooling a lot of money together publicly and it's not hidden, I'm, I'm thinking Miami, Tennessee, right, right. A&M, Oregon, some of these schools, it does matter and kids do begin to talk about it. But on, on the visits themselves, 
technically it's really not supposed to come up uh, at all uh, even if even if it's just a, a little inquiry uh so that number is interesting from ryan day uh, but look you understand it right like roster management today is so different than even five years ago right you've got the portal you got extra eligibility for for the kids and who played in 2020 you've got the one-time transfer rule you've got the nil element of all of this maintaining your roster is is totally different uh, from a head coach's perspective, I've, I've had NFL coaches tell me like, "Hey, man, I'm glad I'm not in college anymore because that seems like a nightmare." And you could, so you can understand why this has become public facing. Ryan Day, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin, a lot of these big names have been talking NIL a lot lately, or money lately. Where before you would really never hear about any dollar amounts, especially when it's a specific number. I think that's very telling. Uh, I go back to what Nick Saban said a couple weeks ago, kind of kicking off this, I guess, feud with Jimbo Fisher. A lot of Alabama people I talk to say, hey, that was just Nick calling out his own boosters, just kind of saying, hey, let's rally. Let's figure this thing out because the game is changing. So I could see Ryan Day doing something similar and putting an exact dollar amount on it publicly to me feels like a public facing deal. Um, but you, you, of course, get curious. Where, where, where do you come up with $13 million in particular? Is that yearly? Is that quarterly? Is that per semester? Like, How, how does those, th those elements work within that $13 million? It is fascinating, but look, it, it, it would be naive at the same time, Jay, to come on here and say, hey, you know, it doesn't come up. We don't know. You know, I don't know anything about it. It, it does come up. And I think it's not just with the recruits. It's, it's with their family, their coaches, their mentors, their camp, if you will. Those groups don't have the rules associated where, hey, we, you know, we can't talk about it. They, you know, there's really no rule saying that they can't talk about it to a third party or a company. Uh, agents are now to a degree allowed with incoming, you know, freshman student athletes. So once you get these people involved, true third parties that this is what they do day in, day out, that stuff is going to just increase uh, across the board. So I think that's where we're at right now in college football, even though we still haven't hit the one-year mark of the NIL stuff. It was July 1, 2021. So, I mean, we still haven't even gotten to the one-year mark. And look at all of the conversation, controversy, all that that NIL has created. It, it's fascinating, but we know it's not going away either. So it is something that needs to be put into perspective. So I'm not surprised to take it back to Ryan Day I'm not surprised if that was a public call for help that he's making it because it is a new day and age in, in college football. And he obviously wants to continue to bring in that type of elite talent that we're used to seeing uh, in, in the Scarlet um, or in the, with the Ohio State Buckeyes. You, may just, you make an interesting point talking about how we're still not even 12 months complete <laughs> in the NIL period. And I do think that's interesting because we've heard, and I don't know all about businesses and how much money they have gained in 2020 or since COVID. Um, and there was shutdowns, but I've heard a lot about these big business owners, maybe even small business owners that were able to stay afloat. They made quite a bit of money during that shutdown period. And some people have said they're using that excess, that extra to kind of field some of these NIL deals early. And they might not be able to do that two, three, four years down the road. I also kind of speculate, John, that, not as much the money aspect about how much they'll be able to do two, three years, four down the four years down the road as far as the businesses, 
I also think that no matter if it's the NCAA or somebody else that's governing this, I also anticipate some type of guideline as far as NIL business relationship with the athletes, also with the transfer portal. So when you think about recruits coming in, they might the NIL they see now might be different than the NIL they see once they touch the field. The portal now will probably be different than the portal when they get to school two in two years or three years. So there's a lot of details that aren't really ironed out. And I, we, I anticipate change. I don't know if you anticipate change, but the change I think we may see will drastically might change, might deflate that $13 million number. It could be 10. It could be eight. It could be seven. I, I don't know exactly, but I'm anticipating some type of change down the road because of how crazy things currently are. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've already seen the NCAA try to pivot a little bit where they did confirm, hey, you know, recruiting can't be a part of the conversation at all. Um, you know, college coaches can't be a part of the conversation with recruits at all. And then they even said retroactively, hey, we're going to go maybe punish some schools that that broke the rule, even though the rule didn't exist at <laughs> one point, which is, you know, classic NCAA in that regard. But you're right. You know, more regulation is coming. I think everyone could agree that there will be more changes, uh, whether it's relative to scale, just how much a player can make, how often he is he or she is paid, um, the structure of the deals, who can actually facilitate the deals, which is probably still the biggest misconception with NIL. A lot of people think, okay, well, uh, AM signed the number one class in the country, so when all those kids were on officials, Jimbo Fisher was like, hey, you're going to get uh, this deal, and you're going to get this car dealership. It really wasn't like that. It's always been about that third party, the business, the group, the collectives we're, we're hearing about more now, those groups initiating conversations with prospects. It was supposed to be when they got on campus, but we all know it's been happening well before that point because it's not hard to identify the top targets for a school, right? I mean, there's how many websites just dedicated to recruiting? We cover recruiting every day at Sports Illustrated. We cover it every day on Locked On and all these podcasts. It is not hard to figure out if you're a fan of School X, which recruit is, is at the top or near the top of the board. So if we can find it out, imagine what, what people in power financially, what, what they can find out. Um, and we know those conversations are happening between those third-party companies and the coaches, and that's what the NCAA is trying to begin to push back against. But again, how do you police it? How do you prove it? Uh, which has really been always been the issue with recruiting in the NCAA. How do you prove school X had an advantage for a, a particular prospect when you know these certain players were involved? There's it, it's a slippery slope. It's like a it's a chase that never ends, right? It's it's a, a dog chasing his tail. How how do you create an endpoint in any of this is still the biggest question that I have, and and it's almost like why make a bunch of changes if it's not going to change the whole narrative. I don't think any school that has gotten in that gray area when it comes to NIL, any school in that realm is going to stay there. They're not going to just pivot all of a sudden, open the parachute and, and get lifted off. They're going to stay right in that gray area because that's what wins. You have to push the envelope in recruiting. You can't sit back and say, hey, we're, we're school X. We're not going to do any of that stuff. NIL will never come up blah, blah, blah. It's archaic. And it's just not something that's going to resonate with your target demographic, which is always a 17, 18 year old recruit who is very well aware of what is out there 
from a, a marketing and branding and financial uh, perspective. So I, I commend Ryan Day and all these coaches that are speaking publicly about it because it does matter. Those who don't think so will be left behind as, as this thing rolls on. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are here with John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. This is Locked On Buckeyes. And John, as we continue this conversation about NIL and kind of this new landscape where things are being talked about, monetarily talked about openly, not so much the Nick Saban things where he's publicly talking, where he's talking to his boosters in a way, mentioning other schools, but Ryan Day is mentioning a price tag. Do you think there will be a situation where a recruit that Ohio State is going after hard does not choose Ohio State because another school, smaller school, gives well can set up or help that person in a better way monetarily than what Ohio State is offering at that time. Do you think we'll see a scenario like that? Of course, I just think the odds are are just too strong in that in that favor. Uh, there, there's just not really a conceivable way again to. How, how would you know? You, it it might have happened already. There might be a yeah. kid committed right yeah. now to another school that that hey NIL was the the major motivating factor at the end of the day. I mean, there are kids that I mean, Ohio State's in on the best kids in the country, right? So a lot of those kids are very aware of NIL. They already have evaluations attached to their name. Hey, like this kid's a million dollar player. That stuff is now public to a degree, uh, and, and people are measuring that for teenagers, which is crazy to say it out loud, but it is something that is happening. So absolutely, you know, with the caliber of recruit Ohio State is after um, and, and the other schools that inevitably become involved because of that, it, it's a matter of time. And I believe, Jay, it's already happened for, for every yeah. school, not just Ohio yeah. State. I think Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, I think all of them have either lost or slipped with the recruit because of another school's potential around nil and maybe maybe that's a good thing for college football maybe it, it helps that second tier catch up to the ohio states of the world probably not uh but you know in certain cases yeah i do think you know for an in, in, individual recruit why wouldn't that be a big factor i mean i came from a single parent household growing up right if i could have impacted that situation i probably would have it's just human nature. You want to help the people who help you. So if those numbers continue to increase, it becomes purely a business decision. And, and we see that at every, you know, at the pro sports level every day, it feels like. So it was only a matter of time before that became a part of college football. And I think that's kicks off the argument of let's stop pretending that this is about school and education and all that. This is about football. This is about 
the entertainment value that these kids bring every single Saturday, the billions of dollars that they help accumulate. So the larger piece of the pie that they're going to inevitably grab is mostly for the better. Uh, so those are the regulations that I think could really flip everything on its head when we you know, start to throw out the amateurism word and the professional word and blur them a little bit more than, than at least most people are trying to do surrounding college football. Last question about NIL. We know we discussed just recently, briefly, money going, money might be a deciding factor for someone to go to a lesser school over a bigger school like Ohio State. What about playing time? Like, I know these kids are going to school and they want, hopefully want to play and not just get money for a year or two and then decide, well, I'm not playing football anymore because, well, my, I will, I'll never get on the field. Is money more important than playing time when making these decisions about where they're going to play in college? It, it probably depends on the kid, and, and honestly, it probably depends on the dollar amount. Uh, and, and how, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How it could be, you know, hey, it's you know, the day you get here, it's this much money. If if like it's that simple, I think the dollar amount is is probably going to be king for a little while. But yeah, look, uh, this is when we talk about crazy dollar amounts, and we talk about a major shift in college football recruiting. It's for the elite, right? It, it's yeah. for the 1%. It's for the, the best in the country at their position. So for the majority of everybody else, the other 99%, it's kind of business as usual. It's I want to I want to get on the field. I want a chance to win on Saturdays and an opportunity to play on Sundays. I mean, those are still the primary factors we hear when we talk to recruits. It's about fit. It's about comfort. It's about scheme. It's about football. For the most part. So, yeah, playing time is still very important, um, particularly with quarterbacks. They're still looking around like, hey, if this kid's committed there, I'm not going there. I'm going to go over here. You know, there's still a lot of looking around from recruits relative to their position because, yeah, the depth chart, playing time, scheme, development, all that stuff still absolutely matters and trying to find the school. Uh, th that is best for you. Um, so yeah, those those classic factors, you know, what school showing the most love to the kid, that stuff still absolutely matters in recruiting. It's just there's another major factor that's creeping in for the elite, and it's something that you just can't ignore. In recruiting, teams want to fill holes, potentially fill roster spots and make the depth chart deeper, better, add more depth. Ohio State at this point in time does not have a quarterback in their 2023 recruiting class, their most recent quarterback commit, Dylan Rayola, is a 2024 recruit. John's briefly said he may reclassify. That's in the early stages. So I'm not going to say, like, he's he's still 20, 2024 right now, has yeah. not reclassified just yet. Ohio State has started their football camps, one-day football camps, having a 7-on-7 seven -seven at camp later on this month. And there's a young man that has a – he's actually has a hard verbal commit to Baylor. He's a Texas kid. But he recently got an offer on the very first day of camp. And, John, I don't know if you read this. Ryan Day was there, and he watched this young man extensively for 40 minutes throw the ball and work out right in front of him. I know the appeal that Ohio State has. I also know the appeal that Texas kids have to stay in the state of Texas. But if Ryan Day is giving a kid an offer that's already committed to a school, he is committed, I do think, John, to fill that quarterback spot at least have at least one quarterback in a class of 2023 yeah and that's the big news there right jay this is confirmation that ohio state is still actively looking for a quarterback in the class of, of 2023 you know dante moore still available 
Uh, Eli Holstein just committed to Alabama recently. Uh, Dylan Lonergan is taking visits. So there are a couple guys that have their names attached to Ohio State to a degree that are at varying points of the decision-making process. But to offer a new prospect who is committed, as you mentioned, I think that flips it on its head just a little bit. Uh, you know, first starting with with the kid himself, Austin Novosok, I've seen him in person too. I, I watched him for uh, well above 40 minutes uh, at, at a camp setting, and this kid rips it. I mean, this kid is efficient. He is accurate. Um, I think this is still true among all the senior quarterbacks, so 2023 quarterbacks who have gone to the Elite 11 regionals, and they just did their ninth regional in L.A. this past weekend, the last regional. So they've gone across the country. No quarterback has outthrown Austin Novosad in the accuracy challenge among senior quarterbacks. He scored the highest accuracy score, and that's at the end of the camp, right? So this kid's right. got some uh, longevity uh, in, in his accuracy and efficiency after a, a four-hour workout in the heat of, of Dallas that we were at uh, for that Elite 11. So he was he was invited to the Elite 11 immediately. He was our top performer at Sports Illustrated, having taken in the event live. So it's no surprise to see him going to camps and continuing uh, to rip it. It is very interesting, though, from his perspective, to be a committed quarterback and go to another college campus and throw for a scholarship offer. It's something that we've confirmed that he wanted to do. This is not something that was casual. This was, hey, I need to go here and prove my worth. So he got that validation. So now the question becomes, because it was an unofficial visit, the question now becomes, what about that official visit? Are you going to go back to Columbus? Now, as of right now, I've, I've connected with the Novosad camp. The only planned trip is to Baylor, where they are committed for an official in the middle of June. Then he'll go to the Elite 11. But that's only one official visit. He could theoretically take four others. There is a lot of to-be-determined vibes coming from his camp, uh, and understandably so, right? You're a Baylor commit. Stanford offered recently. Academically, that is nothing to sneeze at. Ohio State has now offered him a scholarship. I'm told there are other schools talking to him, keeping hmm. an eye on him. So his profile is clearly rising and elevating uh, really by the day here. And, uh, yeah, Ohio State's going to factor in because, of course, they are. If you're, they're targeting you, uh, it's for a reason, and, and you obviously have some interest having – taking you know time and money out of your you know summer to get up to columbus to to go and throw and perform for an offer it's one thing to take a visit and casually hang out and oh yeah you have an offer that's great when you're going out there to work for it and you earn it it, it has a different level of of valid validity so this austin Novosad thing will be something to track going forward a lot of quarterbacks are beginning that process of hey i got to make a decision here Novosad did so in December and he thought he was done, but clearly that process isn't 100% over uh, just yet. So obviously it will be fascinating to see both how Ohio State approaches it and of course how the kid approaches it uh, over the next few weeks. Again, no visits planned right now other than Baylor for the official uh, the weekend of June 17th. So we'll see if that changes. He's got the Elite 11 at the end of June where I'm sure it's going to come up again. So Will be interesting to find out, but but again, the bigger picture, Ohio State still wants a quarterback in 2023, so a whole nother group of targets for, for the Buckeyes to look at. Imagine dipping your finger into the plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. 
and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it is like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar? Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake enrobed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. Go to built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. We're here with John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. This is Locked on Buckeyes. And, John, you mentioned the confirmation that we get from Ohio State offering Novasad. I also think that it's something to where Ryan Day knows he's not done with the skill positions. And if I'm a receiver, if I'm a running back, if I'm even a tight end, and this class has no quarterback, now granted, Devin Brown, talented, Rayola, talented. That's a class above and a class behind the current one we're currently trying to – sift through and fill up right now this is a great thing to get other other guys brandon ennis carnell tate to join this recruiting class those two gentlemen just receivers that are really really talented yeah they may say they what they like rayola they like Devin brown but they would also like to know that there's a guy that's going to be the same class same year as them that can throw the ball all around the yard from everything you're saying john not just he, he the Nova can throw it around the yard. He's very, very accurate as well. So those are two, those are things that a receiver would love. He can sling it. He's accurate. And as all a lot of receivers are, they're alphas. They want the ball. They'll demand it. Hey, third and 11, we need it. We need a, we need, we need a first down. I'm open, quick pitch and catch, moving, moving the chains. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think you, I've talked to Carnell Tate about this and he wants to pair with a great quarterback. I mean, it's something that that's part of the reason why Tennessee has so much buzz with him is because of the schools he's looking at, Ohio State, Tennessee, LSU, Notre Dame, they're the only ones with a commitment at quarterback. Tennessee is with, with Nico Iamaliava from California. So he has built a rapport with him. They visited Tennessee a couple times together. And, and yeah, that's part of the reason why the Vols are in it. Now, he's got a longstanding relationship with Dante Moore, uh, which which has Notre Dame and Ohio State ties to a degree. Uh, so, so that's a factor as well. But yeah, these kids want to play together. They want to uh, if they can, they want to rep with guys that they've played with in the past. And and, and Carnell's a big seven-on-seven seven guy. So is Brandon Ennis. So they've played with some of these elite quarterbacks at different points. Uh, so, yeah, so naturally they do want to work with that type of kid in their class. Uh, it's very natural. So, again, you wonder how that affects a potential commitment decision. And Carnell Tate, is he's done with visits, he told us. So, he can mm. pop at, at any moment. So any momentum for any of these schools on the quarterback front in particular cannot hurt in, in the pursuit of, of Carnell Tate. And again, personally, I'm sure I've said this on here, of those four schools, it does feel like it's kind of Ohio State versus Tennessee here. And the major difference between the selling points of these two classes right now is that Tennessee's got a quarterback committed and OSU doesn't. It's interesting. Volunteers have been trying to itch to get back to what they used to be as a football program 
bringing in a guy like Tate and you already have a quarterback there that they already have a connection right now, that'd be interesting to see and follow that recruiting trail to see if that's where Tate decides to play football, if it is Ohio State. I'm also anticipating between the time that John and I talk between this week and next week, possibility of a few commitments happening between now and then. We'll sure to have John on next week to talk about those very things. John, it's always fun having you on. Where can, where can people follow you on Twitter and also follow you on at SI? They want to keep up with you as you're busy during this month. <laughs> yeah, a lot of news to, to break down uh, at SI. So, yeah, SI.com slash college is, is where you'll find my work. And then, yeah, on social media, John Garcia underscore junior on both Twitter and Instagram. It's always fun having John on. Guys, you can follow me at jsteven07. We're going to be keeping this going all week long. A weekly recruiting update. John, it's always been, it's been a uh, a fan favorite. People on YouTube and the audio podcast, wow, they wow. love having you on, and they love uh, um, you, your insight and expertise in this field. So I want to say thank you, John, publicly. And, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll keep moving along and giving you your Buckeye fix every day of the week.